and welcome to another episode of the Aquatic Mentors podcast. I'm your host, Katrina Van Eyck, and in today's episode, I interview an industry professional who has brought her knowledge from her teaching studies to her swimming lessons and her swim school. So please extend a big welcome to the podcast for Tanya Allen. While completing her teaching degree, Tanya realised the standard classroom teaching was not for her. After speaking with the swim school owner where her children learnt to swim, she found her calling and jumped headfirst into the swim school business when she purchased the swim school after teaching there for a short time. Tanya developed her skills for helping anxious swimmers and designed a program which focused on recognising the fear and then taking small steps of bravery to overcome the anxiety. Her daughter enjoyed mixing with the swimmers during these programs and when she was diagnosed with leukaemia, Tanya was amazed how her daughter could articulate her feelings about the treatment so well. Tanya's daughter showed levels of bravery not commonly seen in children during her treatments and this inspired Tanya to start a children's cancer charity called Bravery Box. Through her charity, Tanya inspires children and teenagers going through cancer to find the joy and laughter and help them celebrate their courage. During our chat, Tanya shares that her biggest inspiration is her staff at the Little Big Swim School. She enjoys watching their passion and love for the industry and she shares a recent moment when working together on the Swim School's video library. Through today's episode, Tanya shares insights into her journey, as well as her thoughts on swimming in Australia and where she sees swimming moving to in the future. So please share what's inspired you out of Tanya's journey on our Facebook page, Aquatic Mentors. And if you want to share your aquatic journey, please contact me via my email, regionalswimclinics at outlook.com. As I know, we can all learn from your experience in the water. So let's jump in and find out more about Tanya's journey in swimming. So Tanya, how did you start your journey in swimming? I had a really interesting journey into swimming. I was doing a postgraduate teaching degree and my children at that time were two and four and I had just finished my second to last prac. And I had two more subjects to go. And that was when I realized I didn't want to teach in a classroom, which felt a bit overwhelming. So I was like, I took a year off to decide what to do. I had been bringing my children to a little swim school since my son was young. So for four years, and I had casually mentioned to the owner who was teaching at the time, oh, look, don't know what I want to do when I grow up. I've done this teaching degree and I'm nearly finished, but I know I don't want a classroom. I love teaching, but I know I don't want to teach in a classroom. And she said to me, you should do this. And I thought to myself, don't be ridiculous. And I got in the car and I drove home with my children and it really haunted me. And I went, I think I do want to do that because I was never the mother that just went, you know, when they, their children turn three and then you don't have to get in the pool anymore. Yeah. I was devastated at that. I wasn't like, woohoo. I was like, oh man. And I would take my nieces in to their swimming lessons because I loved it. And I thought, no, well, I do really love it. And I love teaching. And I realized 
that coaching and teaching swimming had all of the elements of why I wanted to teach in a classroom originally, which was a relationship with the children and being able to empower children and being able to shape them and the swimming, that was just a bonus. So then I did the course and I started teaching and I loved it. And it was just really great timing that the woman that owned this lovely little swim school was selling her swim school. And we had just talked about being in the position to buy another home we wanted to upgrade so we did a big upgrade and we bought the swim school and uh, so I have only ever taught at this swim school once originally as a teacher and then as the principal. Wow what a history. Yeah. Yeah I don't think it's that uncommon we've got quite a few almost teachers in our coaching ranks I think the industry. Yeah, and I think it's great because it, you've got that tendency to want to teach. You get that understanding of teaching. And I think with swimming, I mean, for me, you make more of a connection to your yes. swimmers. And it's um, a long connection. Like if you're starting to, to teach a child when they're three or six months old and they go right through stroke development with you, you may have a relationship with, that, with them for you know, seven to ten years. And that's not something that you do get in the classroom. So that's something that I've really very much enjoyed is watching so many children grow up and change. Yeah, and that's right. And you get a long connection. You're connecting with a lot more kids, but on more of a personal level because you've only got a certain amount in your class compared to teaching where you've got so many kids in a group. Yes, where you have 11 million kids in your class. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. And you have them for a year and then they go on to the next teacher or... yes. It's it's a great connection. You're in another element as well. You're adding in that extra element of water where you can get that scariness, you can get that development and the achievement comes a lot quicker. I think the development they get through the levels, you can see it a lot quicker than what you can see in school. So I think that's a really great connection. Yeah, And And I think all of us ex-teachers, our uh, crowd control in the pool is second to none. (laughs) (laughs) We need that as a a standard training in your swim. Yeah, I think so. We should. We need to add it. Let's talk to Oz Swim and Swim Australia. (laughs) Add that in. (laughs) Yeah. And then to go from that whole background to have a baptism of fire and pretty much jump straight into buying a swim school. Yes, yes. Uh, I wasn't new to business ownership. My husband and I own a physiotherapy practice, so we weren't afraid of that part of it. So having the business. And you know what? I It was a long time. It was six or seven months that I was a teacher before I took over. And at the time, it was a lovely little swim school. So it wasn't an overwhelming number of students. Wow. And that's perfect time to jump in and then build it to what you want. Yeah, it was lovely. And I love this. The woman who originally started the school, Julie Eaton, because it was a swim school for 20 years before I bought it. She still comes in every Thursday morning before we open and teaches all of her grandchildren how to swim here. Oh, good. So so her children get to have this experience of their mum teaching their kids in the pool they grew up in. So it's really sweet. That's amazing. And good on you for making that connection. Oh, it was wonderful. It's wonderful to see them keep coming. Yeah, yeah. Oh, brilliant. So your history with swimming and what's the biggest lesson you've learned out of all that? The biggest lesson that I've learned out of swimming is that it's not about swimming. (laughs) Bear with me. (laughs) I think 
teaching swimming is an opportunity far beyond teaching the motor motions to swim. We have this really rare opportunity to teach children some resilience and some grit and a relationship with their physical self. And we get to support them through that process of try and fail, try and fail, try and fail, try and then succeed. And we get to support them through that and then help them celebrate in that succeed phase. So the biggest lesson for me was that it's not about the swimming. The swimming's important, but the outcome is so much more than water safety or learn to swim or stroke development. It's creating in these children the kind of day-to-day grit that everyone talks about, but it's rare to actually practice. And I think swimming and learning to swim particularly can be the training ground for that. Wow, what a great way of looking at it. And it is- Oh, yeah, it's so much more than swimming. We've got such a precious, important job. That's right. We can develop so much in that person and that has been a common theme of developing that person. We bring them into being a better human being because of what we can do through our sport and through our lessons and our teaching. Yeah, yeah we are so lucky to be trusted to that's, do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to look at it in depth, that's the thing. We are building that grit. We are building that talent and the learnings that are coming out of it in such a condensed environment with swimming it can happen at every level you build that achievement you build that practice I think that's fantastic we are building that human being from the life lessons that we can teach oh absolutely we have our school promises and every time the children come in we make promises to each other and they're just three promises we don't have rules we have promises and they are be safe be fair and be brave And everything we ask them to do can come back to those three promises. So we teach them that, you know, being safe is not just about your own safety. It's about teaching the younger children how to be safe by your example. And being fair is giving yourself the space and the time to learn something without being down on yourself. It's being fair to yourself is just as important as being fair to others. So we get to teach them self-compassion and then be brave. And being brave isn't just for the anxious swimmers. Being brave is about if you have tried a breaststroke kick again and again and again and you're still not getting it, (laughs) being brave is trying again. It's a beautiful space, the pool, to learn these wonderful lessons if we can structure it so that they can learn. Wow, that's amazing. So well said. It is those elements. And I like the idea of promises and not rules. Everyone's going to develop better from having that and being able to make promise to themselves and then to others as well and really learning their development and pushing themselves through those. Oh, ab- absolutely. And from a crowd control perspective, like rather than having to say to a child, stop doing handstands, it's not safe. <laughs> All we have to do is say, hey, we promised to be safe. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, I did. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> And you're building that connection of love as well, I think, and they're going to connect a lot more better to those promises and to you. And you can, yeah, have that discipline of saying that is not safe. We've promised that. So Yeah, yeah. We don't have to correct it much now. We're like, whoa, and they're like, oh, gosh. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I know it straight away. Oh, that's (laughs) good. 
And it's interesting because I think I know um, Joanne Love with her swim school in Melbourne, she really focuses on those life lessons as well. Instead of having the standard sort of beginner, she actually works on those life lessons and resilience and there's a few others involved and they move up on those steps. So she is teaching the life lessons as levels. And I think that's really good. It brings that back to that human being as well and develops the person. I think it's important not to expect anything more of our kids than we would expect of ourselves. And, yeah, I think they keep us on track. Yeah, that's right. They definitely Mm. do. And they keep us humble as well, I think. I think they they definitely keep us that. (laughs) (laughs) So out of your amazing career in swimming and what you've been able to achieve, what's been your biggest highlight or has there been a few? Oh, look, there have been a few, but my most recent highlight is we've recently begun filming our Learn to Swim and our Stroke Development video library. And we've been loading them onto our app and our website and also onto YouTube. And they're free resources for the community. So if you're in swimming lessons and you want to understand them a little bit more, or if you're in rural Australia and you physically just don't have access to a swim school because there's none... Or if you can't financially afford swimming lessons, these are a series of videos we've started to produce. We're we're 12 in and we've got 40 more to go. (laughs) (laughs) They're a free gift to the community to give them the opportunity to learn to swim regardless of where they are. Now, it may seem that that's my highlight, but my recent career highlight was sitting in a room with my team and planning the videos, talking about what we loved about swimming and the programming and the energy that was in that room and the love of the water and the sport and the love of the of the kids. That was a career changing moment just to sit there and look at all these, I'm going to say women because I only have women. I know we have men coaches, but I only have only have the ladies. So this group of women that were sitting down and so passionate about, we need to teach this thing and everyone needs to know this about swimming. And, oh, has anyone included this yet? It was that moment where we just sat down and I went, this is a community of women that just love the sport and love teaching. Wow. So it was a really special moment. Yeah, that's amazing. And we yeah. had cake. <laughs> <laughs> And that just tops it off. Yeah, it did. It did. It made it made the day extra special. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic! And to be able to get so many women together and empower them, and to be able to put out a topic and videos that really bring to life their passion and their excitement for it. Absolutely. And there's not a lot. The reason we produced it is. Looking on YouTube, there was not a lot. If you are a parent who wants to learn how to submerge their child, there's not really that much there. And if you genuinely can't access swimming lessons, and but you want to teach your child, there's, it's a really tricky road to try and find something, especially a free resource that can teach you end to end. So we're actually just opening up our entire programming and going, these are all our pro tips come and look at them all. So honestly, if you came in and you watched all 52 videos once they're up, that's all our pro tips. We've given everything up. (laughs) You can come and teach here after that. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Like a pre-interview to have to go through all those videos. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, go go check out the YouTube site and then come and interview with me. (laughs) 
one set. You're going to go through all of them, teach all of the skills of 50 TV. <laughs> you know, That's right. There will be questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And what a achievement, what a highlight to be able to get women together, bringing their passion out into these videos. And then it's going to make such a difference having those videos out there because they're not just made for that production value. They're actually made with the passion behind it and absolutely it's going to bring that out into the videos and into the production I think that's fantastic thank you and I know myself living out in a rural area it is really hard to access that stuff most swim schools away from where I am are an hour away Um, and people aren't willing to travel that far to take that commitment to be able to travel that hour yeah well to have the hour that's that's two hours round trip and You know, sometimes life admin's hard enough when your swim school's down the road. That's right. Yep, yep. And, you know, it may be you've got one kid in swimming, you've got to try and get times for both of them together or, you know, what do you do for that half hour while they're in the pool and that travel as well, especially when the other sports are a lot local. Yes. Um, but it does. And, I mean, where I am, it does get more rural, more outback, and it's even harder for them. So, yeah, you know, to be able to take on that resource and go down to their local river or their local community pool if they have one and be able to teach their kids to swim, it's an empowering for that family as well. I hope so, yeah. So was there anyone that's guided you or played a big role in your swimming journey? My team, Honestly, there's never a day I don't learn something from my team. We have an outcome-based philosophy. So we do have programming, but our teachers are more than welcome to step outside of that and try some different activities and processes because every child is different and there's no one thing that will work for every child. So if I'm down by the swim school or we often team teach, we often have two teachers in the pool, I'm really do I not learn something from my team? And it's quite obvious that they've gone home and they've, you know, I'll go down there and, you know, teachers that have been teaching for me for four or five years, cracking open some new activities. And I'll be like, wow, you've got, you've, you've gone and figured something out. Like it never gets stale for them. And I'm constantly motivated and enthused by how into their jobs they are. It's easy to stay motivated in this industry when you're surrounded by people who are so enthusiastic about what they do. They're so full of compassion for the children and just their teaching skills are mad awesome because they've been here for such a long time too and they get the space to develop themselves. It's really quite something to see. Wow, that's amazing. And to have your teachers as your mentors and to be able to give you that passion back and that drive to be able to achieve and continue doing your work, that's fantastic. And then on the other hand, to be able to give them that security and that stability to be able to try new things and to be able to experiment. Yeah, sometimes it's a hot mess and sometimes it's a glorious success. I find that out here. I mean, I have teach, I have a young girl that works with me and she will run a class while I'm doing things. And she'll say to me, you know, is it okay if I try this? I said, give it a go. As long as you know, they're going to be safe and it ends up being a hot mess. Then that's what happens. Yep. I always jump in. Oh, let's experiment with this. And oh, that didn't work. Oh, well, let's try something else. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But to be able to give them that time to develop and really work on those skills by success and failure. I think that's fantastic as a boss to be able to give them that opportunity. 
oh, they're wonderful. I'm going to keep them all. <laughs> I'll never leave. <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> we like, I saw on Facebook gentleman in Germany, I think he was nearly 80, 79, and he's still swim teaching. So that'll be your staff. You'll all be in there. Yeah, that's right. I'll be at retirement. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I do not accept that. How <laughs> <laughs> dare you even think of it? <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. I love it. <laughs> So what advice would you give to a new swim teacher or a coach coming into the system? My advice is to swim. (laughs) So many of us with swimming backgrounds stop swimming when our coaching careers take off. And particularly those who are coming into the industry that don't have swimming backgrounds, swim. Teach yourself, get back in the pool, doing your own sessions. If it's even just a couple of times a month, it reminds us why we love the water and it reminds us what it feels like to really push to get to the end of that pool. It reminds us what it feels like when you've got some burning lungs and you really need to go to air, but you're only like three meters to the end. So you like, you punch it out. And it reminds us of that feeling of success at the end of the lane when you're like, oh, I finished and that happened and it makes us fall in love with swimming again. Yes. And I think it's difficult to teach something if you don't know how it feels. So particularly if you're a new teacher coming in and you don't have a teaching background, that's absolutely fine. You're among good company. There are a lot of people in our industry that don't have swim backgrounds, but teach yourself you know so even if you if you're doing infant and baby classes get in the water do some lap teach yourself how to swim all of the strokes because it's really hard to teach that feeling it's hard to teach the feeling of how to handle the water and where the catch starts if you're not doing it yourself and I think it's a really important thing for us as industries, yeah, for us all to be able to swim and just to remember to love it, like to remind yourself that you loved it. Yeah, so, so my advice is swim. swim. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's, that's amazing because we forget to do that. We spend so much time teaching and we don't actually take that time out to be able to swim and regenerate ourselves. Oh, and it's a gift to yourself. I took a three-year break from swimming. And uh, I'm only recently back. Swimming is trying to kill me as I try and get my water fitness back up. Um, Wow, it's hard. (laughs) (laughs) But what I have been reminded is that it's meditation, that it's, you know, that breath control is meditation, that black line can be my sanity. And that I feel so successful after I've slammed out 50 meters of fly. That's all I've got. All I got. I've, I can't, I can't give you any more than that. Yeah. It's 50 meters of fly. Full stop. Yeah. Sometimes it's like 42. That's right. Yeah. I'll get there. I'll get there. But it reminds of all the reasons I want to keep children in the water after they've finished stroke development with me and to keep them in the water for the sport because it's so good for them. And it is, it makes such a difference. It clears your mental health. I know I can jump into that pool. I could be worrying about something, no matter how trivial it is, jump in and by the time I've done my laps, I've completely cleared my mind and yeah. wonder why I was worried in the first place. Oh, it makes, you, it makes us better people. Yep. And mm. I think also you really touched on it at the end there about the skills that we're teaching the kids. If we don't understand them ourselves, then how can we explain it? 
as well. Yeah. And I think it's about training your eye as well. So if I think a really great stroke development instructor has a good eye for what's going wrong. So if you're a swimmer or if you're not a swimmer, but you've taught, you taught yourself to swim and you're looking at a child learning freestyle and their legs are trailing diagonally down in the pool, you know not to correct the leg you know you're going to correct the head because you know that as soon as that head tucks then the legs are going to come straight up and that's your correction there and I think if you're not a swimmer to have that eye of why something's going wrong or why is the roll to breathe a bit funky why is that whole face coming out of the water instead of just half the face if you're a swimmer you understand where the push happens for the roll to breathe it's a gift to yourself, but it's probably your best professional development. Don't do another course. Go swimming. Go swimming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. And that is perfect advice just to get in that pool. And it's not something I've heard much in the recordings I've done or the episodes I've done. So it's great to be able to take it back to that basics of just you jumping mm. in the pool yourselves. You know, even if it's doing a couple of laps between classes or Yeah, that's right. And I think because I think a lot of us don't swim because we're like, oh I'm so chlorinated and I don't want to deal with another set of wet togs. Fair call. Just crack open a couple of lengths at the end of your shift or yeah, between your shifts or before your shifts, before your shifts, how fantastic to start that invigorated. So, you know, even in our learn to swim pools, our coaches often stay back and just do a couple of laps, just sometimes for rehab because our shoulders are broken. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I find that as well, like I'll do school swimming lessons and while the kids are getting changed, because there's no way you can go into the change rooms and get changed when you've got 20 girls in one. No, room. no way you would want to. No, that's fine. <laughs> no, just to smash out a couple of laps and then yeah. as they're walking out from the change rooms they're watching what you're doing you're setting that role model in front of them and they can say oh so that's how it's meant to be done yeah well we use examples quite a lot when we're teaching so we will quite often say this is the drill and we'll show them or we'll say no this is what breaststroke looks like finished and I think that particularly for timing in breaststroke that can be an absolute gift for a child. You can shave months of their breaststroke development just by showing them how to do it. And if you're not swimming regularly, you're not showing them the right things. Yeah, that's right. That's perfect advice. I really like that. Thank you. (laughs) So for you, what does swimming look like in the future? I'm a little bit concerned for swimming in the future. I think we're losing kids from the water to other sports. That saddens me. I don't see a great deal of kids moving from even the squad kids. We tend to lose after primary school before they go to high school. So swimming as a non-elite sport, that area of swimming concerns me a little bit. Then when I look even further into the future, so, you know, the future 10, 15 years from now, where the impact of kids dropping out of swimming lessons early is going to be seen in the statistics, drowning statistics at at the beaches and in waterways, you know, places where you think, yeah, I can swim, but then when you actually need some endurance and some capacity, you haven't got that because you haven't had even a couple of years under under your belt of squad. And that's, that's the advice we often give our students is when they're finishing stroke development, just two years, just give it two years in squad, and that will really consolidate everything you've been learning 
it will teach you how to keep going with that burning lung. It will teach you how to keep your face in the water for a solid four seconds longer than you ever thought you could. It will give you some solid survival strategies if you get pulled out to sea. And so it worries me, the future of our sport in that non-elite space. And you see it in the swimming carnivals. They're not as well attended as they were even five or six years ago. And those that are attending aren't participating in everything. And Butterfly has two or three kids on the blocks, if you're lucky. And I think that's really indicative of a sport that is losing participants. Yeah, that's exactly right. And it is definitely losing participants. And I think, like you said, they get that false hope of that, okay, I'm right now, I've done my stroke development, I can swim however long, but be able to consolidate that and be able to swim, you know, a couple of Ks and be understanding how much that actually takes out of you, how you've got to push yourself to keep going. They do get into trouble and to be able to be calm and collected in the water. I think that's something we really I think so too and the only way you can be calm and collected in the water is to have experienced the brutal fatigue of 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 a really massive set that you still had to get another 300 meters (laughs) 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 when your coach said give me another 300 yes it, it concerns me that we have a lot of kids finishing stroke development but then not going on to do anything after that we need to keep them in the water and do you have ideas or is there anything? I do else? have ideas. Imagine me having some ideas. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought? I know, right? I, I think all learn to swim and stroke development schools should have really good relationships with some squads. So we work really closely with a team called Swim Academy. They're an amazing group and two times a year. So in January, when we finish season and in September, when we're beginning the new season, we take all of our squad development kids, everyone that's finished, and we literally take them over as a team to this new squad. They all try out together and they're given their levels together. And the team, me, maybe some of the other coaches physically go with them. So they feel safe in that new environment. And so we're literally handing over the students to another squad that we trust. And then we're keeping so many more kids in the water that way. We don't keep all of them in the water. You know, there's so many, so many wonderful sports out there, but we keep a lot more in the water than we would if we finished them at, at stroke level and said, look, we recommend these squads. Yeah. And if we left it at that, but because we facilitate the change, we've really had a lot of retention in the water for those squad kids. And, you know, because we've got a group going over, they often have another person in their squad or their team or their afternoon, their mornings, wherever they're at, that is a friendly face that they know. And that's it. It's about making that connection with someone because we know what our highest rates of dropout is because of their mates not doing it with them anymore. They haven't got the connection. So to be able to go over as a team, these people have brought that relationship with to then hand them over and to know that you're making that connection, you're, like you said, personally handing them over, taking the team over. They've got someone who they've swum with before. They've got the okay from their previous teachers or the current teachers. They've made that achievement. You can celebrate the achievement and work with them to give them that confidence to really step into the squad level. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we often talk to our pre-squad kids, so our top-level kids in stroke development, we, we often talk to them about squad, about what would happen next. We teach squad etiquette in those classes. We teach tumble turns, so we get them genuinely ready for that squad and pre-squad over at Swim Academy so they can go there and feel really confident. They know all the stuff to start with. Wow, that's brilliant. And then they're just slipping in. They're not really standing out because they already know what to do and that's perfect. It's going to make that confidence and be able to achieve a lot quicker than just going, oh, I recommend you go to this swim club and just leave it. Yeah, and then the follow-through just doesn't happen because it's not not everyone, and I think we need to understand, not everyone loves swimming like we do. I think sometimes in the industry people can go, oh, why, why? And you're like, well, not everyone sees it from our frame they don't see the importance of it in the way that we do so we need to just help and we need to educate so we're teachers we need to educate (laughs) (laughs) that's exactly right I love that and that's the thing we become so involved in our passion and passion is swimming that yeah there are people out there that aren't so into it, aren't so skilled at it. They can put their face in the water or things like that. They just choose not to. It's sometimes we need to take that step back as well and understand that. Yeah, I think so. Great point. So how can we as an individual and an industry promote and develop swimming and the competitive side to encourage more participants but do all that with the less funding? Look, I think we've got a lot of power. Just look, less funding. We've got a pool and we've got swimmers (laughs) and we've got coaches. So I think it's just making it fun. We did a lot of things when we ran our squad pool just to make it fun. It doesn't have to be like it has to be hard work because swimming is hard work. But we would often start and finish with like some music and so we'd finish with like a kick tabata to music and or we'd finish with some more water aerobics based activity but like you know hardcore water aerobics <laughs> so strength and conditioning but in the water so I think if we make it fun we'll start to attract more people into that squad and the competitive element of swimming and I think just to for us to be ambassadors I suppose And as far as being that educated that I talked about earlier. So, you know, being able to, I think, look, most of us are small business owners. We are really good at running programs on the smell of an oily rag. So so less funding, I think, is our world. So work with what you've got, but just find a way to really engage the child. So I think there's been a real change in swimming the way it used to be. So like, you know, in the 80s when it was just flog the children until they vomited and then that's the way you started school, right? (laughs) (laughs) And then off you'd go to school. To now, and I think we do need to recognise we've got massive competition for children's attention and time and for their parents' budget. So what in your particular business is is going to attract attention? So for us, in our Learn to Swim and our stroke development capacity, our focus on a social-emotional growth is something that attracts people to our swim school. If we just talked about how great we were at at teaching swimming, we are great at teaching swimming, but it's not necessarily 
a prospect, what a client, what a family are looking for, what a family is looking for is a place where they feel like they're going to belong and a place where they feel like they're going to feel that their child is safe and cared for. So, you know, if you can translate that to then what in the competitive environment, are they, are they just looking for swimming or are they looking for physical competency development? Are they looking for something that's a little dry land training as well as uh, in the pool training? Dry land training is something that we actually do with our kids, with our little kids, because we've got the physio background. We often do dry land training, particularly through winter, because we have a shutdown during winter. So we'll deliver dry land training programs. So just little things like that, I suppose, that can engage and delight your families if we can find those things. And they're going to be different for every school. Yeah. And it is, it's, yeah, like you said, it is different for every school. Yeah, you've got that physio background, so you can really bring that into it and take that on as a niche. Something like that may not work somewhere else. It's a community thing, developing the community and getting involved. I think that's really great what you've you've worked on there and commented about. It is finding what works for your swim school, but offering that little bit extra because it is not just learn to swim. That's what every swim school can do. What can oh, you? Oh, that's it. And then that's we're all that. We're all that. So we all tick that box. So what's going to delight and surprise someone and attract them to our sport? Yeah, and what outside of learn to swim. Out. Yeah, yeah. What makes your swim school stand out? What makes our sport stand out? And we are lucky that we are teaching a life saving skill, but also we've got that connection and making such a great development in a swimmer from day dot when they join as an infant with their parent and like you said at the start we've got that seven-year connection and build up with that swimmer we should be able to then push that through and really continue that connection as far as we can or nurture it to be able to develop it into that competitive side or some other side of swimming and other water sport yeah yeah that's right great work I love that so you spoke about earlier about your YouTube channel with the videos yes. that you're making. Give us some more details on the, the channel name. Okay. The channel name is Little Big Swim. So if you search Little Big Swim, you can also download our app. So on the App Store you or on Google Play, you just search for Little Big Swim and download that. And if you ch- tap on the video library, That'll take you to all of our videos. As well. It's a hat trick. Not one place, not two places, but three places. You could go to our <laughs> website. <laughs> and we've got the video. We host the video library on our website too, which is littlebigswim.com.au and just tap on the video library. So we've currently got our first 12 up there and they're all foundation stuff. So if you've got a new child to the water, mostly baby-based program at the moment. So how to submerge, how to turn around in the water, how to hold a baby in the water. It's really surprising how many people get into a pool and hold their baby up on their hip out of the water. And we're like, hey, let's just get down a little low there. (laughs) (laughs) How to turn around to get back to the side, how to monkey, how to fall in, how to go back, how to do child-led submergence. I think that's really important for the industry as well as for individuals. So how to work with a child who's very reluctant to put their face in. And we will practice child-led submersion. So do not put a child under until they're ready. And we take you through on one of the videos on what we do 
to help children get to that point of being ready. And I find with child lip submersions, it will happen so much quicker and there'll be so much less crying than if you are, if you dunk them, which I don't agree with. So the first 12 up there, one of my favorite is video of me stabbing some floaties and telling you what I think of floaties. It's a little bit more realistic than what I would have liked to have said about floaties because I know that people are still going to use them. So it's also some instructions on how to safely use your floaties. And this Sunday, we're doing our next 12, which are all stroke development based. So we're talking from a stroke development perspective of how do you correct this? How do you teach this? This is a common fault. And these are our pro tips for fixing those. And we're going to throw in a couple of our dry land drills for particularly for foot mobility. I think one of the things as swim coaches can drive us crazy is the lack of foot mobility and ankle mobility in our stroke development children. So we're introducing some games that are actually super fun games. They're not like homework, occupational therapy type of games. They're super fun games that you can get your kids doing that will help them with their ankle mobility and teach them how to flex. (laughs) (laughs) breaststroke you're welcome (laughs) (laughs) oh I can't wait to watch those (laughs) (laughs) and what a great resource to put out there because especially here in Melbourne as we start getting back into swimming um, and you guys out in the other lucky other states that have been able to get back into it really refresh those skills Yes. Yeah, learn and then to pass them on to your clients and say, look, you know, these are why we do things. And absolutely. And we would invite anyone to use this resource in the industry. So while we're Little Big Swim, they can be pushed out to anyone. So the way we're using them is we talk to a parent in a class and they didn't particularly understand how to do something. We'll say to them, hey, after class, we're going to shoot you through a YouTube video that you can watch and it's going to explain that in a bit more bit more detail. So these videos are essentially what, as an instructor, you really want to have the time to talk to your parents about, but you know, the pace of the class, when you've got four or five children in the pool, you just cannot take that five or 10 minutes to say, Hey, I'd like to talk to you about being able to recover to standing, but we can say, Hey, we're going to shoot you a video later and have a look at that. And then we can, we can talk about that next week. Wow. What a great resource. And then they can take that time they can explain it to the child in a way that the child understands. Yeah, or they can show the child too. Yeah, yeah. Particularly with the stroke development ones. Wow, that's a great Mm. resource to have. and It's going to be great. Yep, on the other side for those in rural communities that don't have that connection to a swim school. So I think that's really good that you've been able to do that. Offer it for free as well and people can get so much. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Well done. service to the industry as an industry we're all really good at that I think we all love we all love swimming we want it for people we we understand the need for it so you know anything we can do I think we most of us do everything in our power to help assist the industry we've rarely been part of an industry that has worked so closely together to serve the industry I think the way we teach our graduates is a really good example of that you know, they come out of their courses and we spend, you know, no, it varies from school to school, but like for here, we spend three to six months working with them to teach them all of the intricacies of what we do. And I think you see that across the, across the industry. People really want the best for it. We look after our industry. 
That's right. Yeah, where they're a very nurturing industry. I mean, that's what we do for our children. So to be able to offer that for our staff as well, it's only going to make the industry bigger and better. It's going to develop more kids and make them bigger and better in their swimming and in their lives. So it's just something that I think comes naturally to our whole industry. We're awesome, aren't we? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that's the thing I was talking to, I believe it was Ian Pope last week, and I was saying to him, yeah, he said a lot of people will say, oh, we're just swim teachers. And I find myself saying that too. Oh, I'm you know, just a swim teacher or you know, just coaching, and especially for myself, only doing it over summer really. And I, he said, no, you know, we're so much more than that. Yeah, get rid of that just. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. lose the just. Yeah. I'm a swim teacher. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's it, we've got to say it like that. I'm a swim teacher. How amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. Puff your chest out. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's brilliant. <laughs> and you have a number of other side hustles. Is there anything I do have some side hustles. Oh, look, I think Bravery Box is a whole other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Um, episode two and three yeah true I founded a charity three years ago now and it's called Bravery Box and it was inspired by our anxiety program so we would run an anxiety program for children who are afraid of the water and that was mild to quite moderate sometimes severe water anxiety and it respected a child's feelings so it Basically, if I, I, I thought about it when we started the program. We started writing the foundations of it. And if someone said to me, don't be afraid, when I was really afraid of something, that would not work. No. Um, but we do it so often with our children. They'll say, oh, I'm afraid to do that. And we go, don't be afraid. And I'm like, that doesn't work. So this program worked on honouring a child's feelings. And we'd say, do you know what? Being afraid makes sense. I can see that and like, yep, absolutely. Water pushing back at your face is scary and it's weird that feeling and my legs look like they're moving like an octopus legs and you know what, they're not, but it looks like that and the platform feels a bit movie and, yeah, that's all terrifying, fair call. And then we would work on choosing to be brave. So we would talk to them about how to be brave And we would do small things that were a little bit of a reach until they could really harness their bravery. My daughter, who was three when we moved in here, so between three and six years old, she used to participate quite often in these classes because she loves the water and she's also a really empathetic child. So she would often come and just sit down next to them on the platform. And just having that company so it wasn't that one-on-one, which is, can be really confronting for children. And so she would hear these stories of, yep, makes sense to be afraid. On all these, we would work with them on how to control their emotions, basically. And then when Lara was six, she was diagnosed with leukaemia. And we were thrown into the world of childhood cancer treatment. And that happens at warp speed. You get no chance to catch a breath for what felt like years. Lara was on treatment for 800 days. So what became really clear, though, was Lara had learned a lot of lessons from that anxiety program. She had learned how to talk about being afraid and she had learned about how to put that aside 
and do it anyway. In the program, we taught a lot of breathing activities to how to calm down and we would see her use those before painful and confronting procedures. Her ability to recover, to emotionally recover after painful and confronting procedures was also really, really extraordinary. It was almost adult-like. And what I noticed is I looked around and there weren't, it was a rare skill in children, this ability that Lara had. So we founded a charity called The Bravery Box for kids with cancer. And we work on programs that help kids and teens with cancer be able to name their feelings and find their courage. So we do that through a lot of different ways. One of the easiest wins we have is a rewards program. So there's legitimately a bravery box, like a box full of goodies on the day surgery in-house level for sleepovers. And when kids have their painful or confronting procedure, they know directly after that, that they can choose something from the bravery box. It's not about the reward, but it is about recovery. To them, it feels like reward, but the thought behind it is that they get to practice recovery. So that moment of wanting to scream and cry to, oh, look, a toy, that's a moment of recovery. So they get to practice recovery. And then we create spaces, we call them safe spaces, where the families talk about what's happening to them. We create spaces for the kids as well. And we do a lot of celebration of the kids. So a lot of skills you would use in Learn to Swim have been surprisingly transferable to kids' cancer. (laughs) So that charity, yeah, the charity's been going for about three years. It's hard times for charities right now. We don't, you know, we can't have any fundraisers you know, as a charity, Bravery Box always had really fabulous parties for grown-ups, and that would fund us for a year, one party, uh, but uh, we haven't had to have those. So stay tuned to this. We're going to start a Kid Brave Challenge shortly in the next couple of months where you can have people sponsor you to do your greatest fear. Wow. And we're going to call it Kid Brave. What a good idea. I really love how you've jumped out the box there. Yeah, had to. We're so poor. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. I think it's amazing how you've connected it through a life experience, but you've seen that change in what your daughter's been able to take on and push through, through what you've taught in the pool and how you can then use that to teach and help cancer survivors and sufferers to be able to push through. It was a real moment where I just went, oh, wow, what we do is impactful. What we do in the pool, what we teach is, yeah, as I've said earlier, so much more than swimming. Well, it's amazing, isn't it, to be able to make that connection, have that aha moment of I do so much more than just swimming. Oh, so much more, so much more. We all do a great deal more than teach swimming. Yeah, man, that's amazing. So we're definitely not just swimmers. No, no, we're not. But we should swim. (laughs) (laughs) Not just swimmers, not just coaches, not just swim teachers. No, we're unicorns. Yes. Yeah. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. What an achievement you've done in such a short time in the industry. Just having that background and having that caring nature there's years and years to come and I can't wait to see what you already do develop into something amazing and magical and where your creative mind takes you. 
Thank you. <laughs> it's going to be something definitely to watch, I think. Um, such a, a big change in the industry. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm excited about our industry. Yeah, 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 it's good. So I've always got to be positive and make that change and, yeah, and just swim and connect. That's right. Just keep swimming, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Dory, don't think the writer of that movie knew how big that was going to be. Oh, I know. It's wonderful, isn't it? For a really long time, it was the ringtone on my phone. And then when Lara got sick, I kept it on my phone because the meaning just changed. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I love it. It is such a great saying. It's just perfect for everything. Yeah, absolutely. Can't get that song in your head if a little too much. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Not as bad as Baby Shark. No, that's true. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> What's going to be the next one? I can't wait. Ooh, watch this space. Let's it find might be out. a Brave Fox thing to put out. Oh, maybe. If Lara has anything to do with it, with, with the Kid Brave Challenge. Part of, part of the process, part of the structure that we're creating is people can challenge other people to do a particular challenge. So my children have challenged me. Part of working with children, right, we have very, very high capacities for embarrassment. Like we, it takes a lot to embarrass someone who works with children. So, you know, a lot of people are talking about doing challenges that are, you know, are, are publicly embarrassing. And I'm like, I would find it really hard to get embarrassed because, you know, we sing all the time in the pool. We do this, this, this. And then my children went, oh, wait. (laughs) And so they have actually challenged me to sing on a microphone with a choreographed dance to a group of people that don't know that I'm not a professional. Ah. Um, Yeah, that's going to be some fun. I'm like, man, I'm going to have to have some serious sponsorship to do that. (laughs) Watch out. I'll be asking for a couple of thousand at least. Yeah, that's right. At least. (laughs) Oh, oh, I wish you best of luck for that one. Thank you. <laughs> maybe, maybe we need to do that at the in another conference. You'll have a maybe, talk. perhaps. Oh, that's what I need to do. Yeah, sing and choreograph dance in front of my colleagues. Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Yeah, fun for everyone but me. Yeah. <laughs> that's all that matters. <laughs> Oh, I love it. That's absolutely amazing. You are such an inspiration to the industry to be able to achieve what you've done and really push you and teach children amazing skills for life. Thank you so Thanks, much Katrina. for what you do. Wonderful. Great.